Hey, this is Brad and Sam from the 11th Hour Podcast, and you're listening to Puppet Perspectives Podcast, and we'll see you in the pit. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Puppet Perspective Podcast, only podcast hosted by puppets, where we talk music, movies, media, and more. I am your host, Terrell. With me, I got my co-host, Mitch. Here. What's good? The very reliable Mitch, as you guys can hear this, if you're hearing this show late or been wondering why you haven't heard us in exactly two weeks, blame Mitch for that. Yep. But uh, if you're, <laughs> but, yep, we'll get into uh, his, 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 uh, his, my, my tongue lashing to Mitch in a minute. But if you're new to this show, what we do is we talk about what I said earlier, music and movies. But this episode, we are going to be reviewing three albums like we normally do. And also we'll be having, a, hopefully we have two new people, not one, but two people who are vying to try out for the new co-host position, female co-host, because as you guys know, if you're listening, we uh, recently lost uh, our previous female co-host, Lauren. So we need to fill that uh, that uh, double X chromosome void. <laughs> We've been scouring to look for new puppets, to, female puppets to join our show. So uh, hopefully these two uh, will be on. I emailed them the morning now. So when they come on, or if they come on, we will have them on. Otherwise, uh, it'll just be us talking and having a good time. And two of us have been holding the shows down pretty well for a couple weeks now, so we can we can handle this, right? Oh, of course. Of course, right at this point, <laughs> we got some dynamics going here. But first up, thank you guys for listening to the show. Make sure you're rating and reviewing the podcast. Let everybody know that your friends and family, people who love, people who hate, how great it is to show you checking out. And leave us a little comment in there as well, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, want to update you real quick. Uh, we do a Patreon every month, or we usually do, where we review a classic album or a not-so-classic album from our youth, let you know, know if it holds up after all these years. But it's been a couple of weeks and months since we did the show because uh, we are trying to restaff and I thought it'd be best if we had a full cast again when we come back to it. So right now it's looking like we'll be getting back to that at the end of this month of July. Um, so uh, we were discussing before we recorded when Mitch's availability will be, but hopefully if everything works out, we will have a new an episode at the end of the month. We'll go with this episode and then we'll get back into doing our other stuff on our YouTube channel. Because I know you guys are wondering, where happened to your rankings? We've been doing the rankings, and we love those. Because I see on the uh, those are doing our best videos on our YouTube channel. We'll get back to that. We're gonna have Mitch uh, ranking all of the uh, Cures albums as a dedication to uh, Robert Smith before he dies. Uh, I will be doing one for Rancid for Tim Armstrong with a guest uh, Rancid fan in a couple weeks. So we'll have that and then we'll get back to having them on a for you guys to view and to follow and subscribe to and share. Also, um, finally, we have another way in case you guys don't want to, to commit to being a Patreon. There's a way you can also support the podcast. You can buy us a coffee or buy us a beer, whatever buymeacoffee.com slash public perspective. You can donate whatever you like. We just put that up a couple of days ago. 
So you can go on there and whatever you want to put in that will definitely help us out in the long run, especially with the situation that's happening to me now. Mitch, do you mind if I get a little bit personal? I would love for you to get personal. Yes, because uh, I uh, have to uh, ask your advice on something. I haven't seen Mitch in quite a while. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But first, was you running a gang or something? They got all your money? Getting Joe, back to Joe me. Driscoll's, the damn old Driscoll's. Sorry, I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> first or second one? Second one. Second one. Oh, that's a good game. That's like a Western version of GTA, right? Yeah, it's awesome. I, I decided, I don't know, I was like craving some some cowboy action in my life. And I was like, you know, I'm going to replay some Red Dead too. On that Kid Rock song and just play that, play that right? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, fuck no. But anyway, getting back to me. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I was uh, laid off from my job. Damn, bro. I'm sorry. Hey, I appreciate your, you know, apologies. They um, are closing the warehouse that I support. So they realize, despite all the other things I do, admin, in administrative style, and in the things I do with the other departments at my company, that they don't will not be needing me. So my last day is August uh, 18th. So they gave me a two-month notice, which is kind of like rare. Usually it's like, get the fuck out now. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, so are you just like not doing work? I would be like, okay, fuck you. I'm not doing anything. Then. <laughs> they told me, they told me, Hey, if you, uh, find anything you need to leave, like for job interviews, you know, we understand we'll work it out. Or if you leave before August 18th, that's totally understandable too, but we're going to need some help, uh, moving all this, the, the warehouse stuff to the, the other warehouse that, you know, they apparently have more room for, and it'll be cheaper to have it all that stuff there instead of paying for two warehouses uh so i originally considered killing myself then i thought like wouldn't it make more sense to go postal and like you know shoot up the office because they let me go on a monday where it's like you fools you know i don't have enough time to think this over like a weekend on friday so but since my company is based out of uh, the uk when it'd be more of an inconvenience to me to do (laughs) do that i gotta get plane tickets because and then i gotta get guns which is apparently hard to do in america Uh, (laughs) oh yeah it's the hardest place to get guns everyone knows (laughs) and you know oh shit i'm really sorry before i get in the story real quick uh we're reviewing albums from killer killer mike uh the dead milkman and uh bully i usually like to tell you guys at the beginning of the show what we're reviewing you obviously can see it in the um the thumbnail anyway but obviously i'm losing my professional side since i got laid off they're uh, just no. too excited to see me. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Many, uh, among other things, yes. So, um, I wanted your advice, and I feel like you already said it immediately. Um, since I would you just like, I'm thinking like flaking like the for the next two months and it's not doing anything. Yeah, then, you just go there. Like, do, do you have a, do you have a Nintendo Switch? Bring that shit there. Get one and bring it there. <laughs> right. But uh, yes, or something, you know, just like play that under your desk or whatever. Like I said, my my company is in the other across the pond, so it's not like there's Mike. See, Mitch is uh younger than me, so he's used to like you know the retail micromanaging like jobs. I, I, I don't, you know, once you get to my age, 
you know, that all goes out the end of the way. They trust you to do your work and not have to babysit you. You'll get there someday, Mitch. Yeah, but, but it's like you already, if you already have their trust, they yeah. won't expect you to break it. Or even right. if they do, they're, they're going to be like, well, we fired them, so it just makes sense. So hey. it's, no matter what, you're fine. What's going to fucking happen to you if you just slack off? Nothing. You're already getting fired. You know what's interesting? You're the first person to say that. Everyone else says, I thought to myself, if I do like, you know, what I was paid to do and uh, leave on a good terms, I still need references for like all these other places I've been applying. That is true. And I'm like, at the same time, will they be vindictive enough to say like, you know, hey, he was a great employee for all the time. But that last month when we told him that he was letting him go, he totally flaked on us. I don't understand it. So fuck that guy. But I was like, you know what? I kind of like am in this uh, dilemma. So you're saying, I mean, let's put yourself in your shoes. Like you're put yourself in my puppet body. Like if you were told you had two months at your job, which you uh, apparently aren't so keen about, what would your what would your first what would you how would you spend your sixty days? And I would still have to go in there. Hmm? I I wouldn't even. I would immediately be like, no, you you fired me. I'm not I'm not fucking coming back. That's it. And I just wouldn't, I would just stay home and just look for a fucking job. Why am I going to waste my time at this place where they already told me to fuck off? And like, what now? I'm just being exploited. Like, that's stupid. I'm not a bitch. Like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't, I don't like the man. I don't like anyone above me telling me that shit. Like, fuck that, man. Like punk, you know, you're, you're a punk fan. <laughs> Do the punk thing and be oh, like, yeah. fuck you, big brother. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> oh, wait, I'm not getting paid anymore. I didn't think this through. <laughs> okay, so that's Mitch. Obviously, didn't think that I'm getting my usual salary for the next couple weeks, um, a month. And... Right, well, in that case, I was just like, not like, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't continue like doing your job like the great way you've been doing it, you know? Just like slack off more, like take a little bit of longer lunch, uh, fucking. I don't know, kids to play, you know, get, get one of those like basketball hoops that you put on the back of a door and then just like play with that uh, or whatever people do in offices. <laughs> <laughs> I, back, in, like, back in the 90s, yeah. I should um, take advice from the office space and do it that oh, way. Right? Uh, yeah, office space. <laughs> no, um, you actually, I other reason you'd be screwing yourself to leave is they have to pay you out for the vacation you didn't take. So I'm looking uh -oh. at I'm looking at getting uh, two two weeks pay in addition to like my normal pay on my last day. So if I stay there all the way till the end of August, um, so um, that's one thing. And also, you're absolutely right. I've been talking to someone. And I said I gotta find that balance where I'm not just fuck it. I'm not showing up or doing anything, but I'm not gonna work as hard as I used to do. Yeah, exactly. So I so for starters, I just do the bare minimum of what I'm supposed to do. And when it came down to this whole shipping things to the other built other site, it's like I have to go through all the inventory and like box it up and make sure I, I label it so that, that when it gets to the other place, I know what's what. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. So I found a fair compromise where they gave me the list and then I have to box it myself and and then they'll make they'll make the arrangements of having it shipped over. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not even like cautiously or carefully putting it in this gigantic crate I create. I'm just haphazardly throwing it in there, but at the same time, I don't want it to get damaged in there, but I don't give a shit 
when it gets to when <laughs> where it goes, they have to like go through all this shit and figure out what is what and where it goes where and so um you can screw up as much as you want and then like you know stuff they won't find out until after you're gone and then it's like what can they do i guess the reference thing kind of comes and that's what that's what i thought too but i'm like i wonder how long they're gonna wait for me to have to ship this stuff but they immediately wanted me to to start on it like monday so i'm like well if i can't like spend the next uh like five weeks like oh i haven't got around to it yet i haven't got around to it yet like because yeah. they'll, they'll they'll figure out like uh, he's just trying to like make us do it you know to get it back at us you so know I'm like, is, go ahead this is the perfect situation to just think what would george costanza do <laughs> right what that, that's the right thing <laughs> I did, you're my you're my you're my jerry that's why i should have yeah. just came to your door and just like you know bent and complain until this, like this is our this is our tom's diner here <laughs> yeah um so i decided to do that and uh here's the thing like this is the first job that i was laid off from that i liked oh so it hurt a little bit so yeah i felt really betrayed and like you know but then i thought to myself like since i obviously didn't choose option a of, of uh the suicide i said I thought to myself, when I was Mitch's age, you know, working those retail jobs I mentioned, you know, I'd never been to a Christmas office Christmas party before. I never like had like a multi-thousand dollar like bonus every year. I'd never been to like a business trips and I've experienced all of those now. So it's like, it got me a little bit more optimistic where it's like maybe the next job will have things that are even better than I've experienced now. Like, uh, when I was a kid, like, I don't know if you, all the three things I've mentioned, if you've actually had them before. No. <laughs> but, like, I, when I, I'll quote, go back to it. When I saw the movie Die Hard, like, the first thought I had is I can't wait to become an adult and go to one of those, those like, Christmas parties. Minus the terrorists, of course. Yeah. And, but plus <laughs> Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah. As long as there's a Bruce Willis there, I'll be okay. But I'm like, yeah. that looks so cool. Like, the, the, the like, you know, the, tuxedos and like the fucking like you know classical music playing and the cocaine like in the offices here and there i'm like i want that one day like now where are you gonna get your cocaine is your boss still gonna give you (laughs) yeah so i and then the other two things like i i've been to all different places on business trips i never thought i'd get to see that and i got to do it so i'm like happy to see that so my next endeavor that i want to hopefully a new job has is i always wanted to work for a company that gives you box seats at like these like stadium shows shit like that which is uh you know i have been in them before as a kid my dad took me to a knicks game and we had box seats that was cool i worked at this um like uh i was a zamboni driver you guys probably don't know this but i used to drive a zamboni like in between like like before the pandemic and someone there had box seats to the wait uh, you did or your dad did my dad took me to a game when I was a kid, but I used to drive a Zamboni. Like a, I didn't a, know that. Yeah. You yeah, didn't new, new Jarrell lore just dropped. That's crazy. That's and everyone, everyone I tell this to is so excited, and I just did not want to, I did not have any desire to do it, but I needed a part-time job, and we thought like, oh, this the, the arena, the skating arena by my house, they're looking for a Zamboni driver, so I'm like, what the hell? I'll apply for it. You don't need any, like, prior, like, shit to do. I, I mean, I guess not. Nope. Show me how it works, and then uh, 
your your hours were like you know you just come in you uh in between like hockey games or general skating you cut the ice and then you put it away and you wait for it to be over and then you have to make sure the machine's working and all that stuff so you guys listening right now you know want to hire hire me you know that's a little snippet of my resume but um i live i live like not that far from uh there's like that skating right here in montclair state um uh, floyd hall okay see if they see if they need a zamboni driver i uh didn't love the job but it was just like whatever and the thing that's you know you had to work there late but anyway the point is that some another zamboni driver uh wait he knew he told me that one of the the kids that that was uh coaching the kids the you know the the kids that do uh uh hockey i mean beside the fact that he was like a raging like cokehead his his father used to um own the new jersey devils so he was able to get box seats so i'm like oh can you can i i'll talk to him and get box seats to a monster truck uh show for my kids and we oh, went it was pretty we were the only ones in that area so it was pretty sick and the so I want to relive that again, but for now I have to be vicarious to um, through Mitch because this is a segue to Mitch now. That's enough about me. So the advice that I guess we we have here is that I'm going to just you know update you guys on how this job hunt is going. So right now I put out about thirty something resumes and I've gotten about ten like rejection emails where it's just like not even like a person typing. It's like that generic like we were record for you like you didn't meet our qualifications. Blah, 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 blah. But Mitch, a couple of weeks ago on our last show, we were talking about how Mitch is going to go see a Ben Sevenfold, a band he does not really enjoy. But the perk of it is you're going to experience it in the box seats at our local um, stadium in Newark, New Jersey, right? The uh, Prudential you went to? No, I went to uh, Madison Square Garden. Garden, okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I guess I've been in those before too, but not, not, I think so. But it was in the 90s, so a lot has changed since then. Yeah, that was it was it was bonkers being in there, man. Like you know, you get to the floor, like Yo, you, you back know, it up. So you ha- you're not in this situation. I'm I'm painting. You don't work for a company that has this luxury. How'd you? Oh, no, I was mooching. I was I was a moocher. <laughs> Which yeah, everyone is in that situation. But how'd you luck out with this? How did I? So um, my uh, one of my best friends, his name is Raf. Shout out Raf one time. Uh, you know, like it was literally like two days after we had reviewed the most recent Avenged Sevenfold album and he hit up the group chat and he was like, yo, um, this like family friend of his, he's like a big time lawyer or something. Like his company has a box MSG. And he said that uh, he could bring two pe- two friends with him. So me and my boy Brandon and him drove over uh, to like the hugest house I've probably been in in my entire life. Huge mansion. <laughs> and uh like super nice people and um we drove into the city with them and uh yeah it was just like bonkers being in there i walked in there and i was like i don't belong here man this is like (laughs) this is like classy like rich person shit and i'm like ragtag dude you know like dressed all punk and shit and i'm just in there but you know it's like um there's an episode of it's always sunny i kept thinking about it we were in there we're uh they find like a someone's wallet in the bar. It's uh, Brian, this guy Brian Lefebvre, and then like it's like, oh, he has he has box seats for the for the fucking Phillies game. So right. then they go, and then they have to like 
they're like immediately like grabbing and stealing shit and then dennis is like you guys need to chill like we have to like blend in you know what i mean with these like rich people and that's kind of like how i felt the whole time so but, you were uh, for for a little bit but then you know there's just like an unlimited amount of beer and liquor so yeah you don't have to steal anything it's free yeah i got i got lit man i i went to a party the next day and i did not get as lit as i did at that box because it was just it was unlimited i was i was having miller lights left and left and right i had like one cocktail in the beginning of the night and there was just like hella food like there was like these steak burgers and like chicken tacos salad there was a whole like cheese and cracker board there was a salsa bar man like this guy came around and he had a platter of assorted right uh, sandwiches and i was like i was like oh my god like i was I was going crazy in there, man. I ate so much. I drank so much. I felt like a king. And I was like, I mean, I was living it up. I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do this again in my life. So exactly. Like, yeah. You and all do this it. is free. I'm going to tell I'm going to have all of it. And so <laughs> yeah, I'm like, just fully shit. And my stomach's even fuller. He's like all the beer and everything. I'm just like, Mitch, Mitch is like putting like soda beer cans in his pockets. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was funny. Like, um, I think like two days after I was like, just, chilling i had like a huge busy weekend this was like a friday night i went to a party in pennsylvania the next day and then like finally sunday i was home and i was like oh i wonder if i took any pictures that night and i was like besides the ones that i sent you so i was like looking and i was like oh i took like a bunch of videos like of just like me and my friends i'm just like filming me and my friends like exiting msg and we're all just like so drunk and saying like the dumbest shit and like i I just like keep turning my friend on being like, I'm going to kill you, man. I'm going to kill like for no reason. And we were like, <laughs> the next day I like showed everyone we were losing our minds. Like crazy night. That was, that was probably one of my favorite nights of this summer. Did you know there's a, that a band actually played? You didn't mention anything. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I went to a concert. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Living color uh, was the first opener, which was really was dope. Really- um, I, I can't believe got- Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't know who was opening when I got there. All I knew was was Event Sevenfold, so that was a cool surprise. Uh, you know, they, all they play, play Cult of Personality, I'm assuming. Yeah, of course. Nice. And uh, <laughs> so that was dope. And then after them was Falling in Reverse. Yeah, that makes sense. An interesting uh, thing a shift from Living in Color to Falling in Reverse, but. I, I take just, some issue with the uh, the singer. You don't seem so thrilled about him. Yeah, I don't know. He's just like a corny ass dude. I, I don't know. He's he's sus. But th- there's one song that I like actually like know the words to by them. Uh, I'm not a vampire because mm-hmm. um, I, I listened to that song in high school like on repeat. And so they played that. So I was like, oh shit, they're playing the one song I know. So that was pretty dope. But then um, you know, Avenged Sevenfold came on and. I'm not like a huge event sevenfold fan, but it was, you know, they had really cool like stage effects and all that shit. At one point there was like these huge skeletons playing instruments and I thought that was dope. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I was watching the whole thing, but I, you you know, drunk, I was pretty drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and then every so often I'd get up and go get an ice cream sandwich or a taco or whatever. <laughs> Which is like right there. You still can hear them. I like to leave the room. Oh, yeah, I could still hear and everything. I mean, we had our own. I never left the room. Like, I had my own, we had our own private bathroom in there. Because when, when you get to the floor where uh, all of the boxes are, when you're walking down that hallway to, like, get to, like, your box, it you think you're in a hotel. Like, I was yeah. like, 
exactly cutting through a hotel right now and then like they open the door and i'm like oh shit there's the stage there's but, a part uh, the, i think it's probably it's probably uh same thing as you you get inside the actual um the venue and then there's an elevator that sorry escalator that there's someone, yeah. someone guarding and then they have to see your ticket again and yep. then you go up the escalator you're like so long peasants yeah, you go, yeah. you're passing they, you're going even higher up than the yeah higher. yeah <laughs> you're ascending to you know god tier yeah that's 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 exactly what i'm talking about man like so i, I only experienced it once and a lot of companies it's difficult to pay for that because you're like just investing a lot of money because that's the only people that sit in those and i'll be or them or like your friend that is some has some billionaire lawyer father or some shit like that yes it was it was his family friend so i was like twice removed from this but yeah, i mean like we went to like high school together and all that. so like the kid's dad you know was the one with the, that was the lawyer with the box and we went with like him but like him his like son and my friend are like friends but like they were like yeah he was in our grade and i was like i have never seen this dude in my life but he was super nice like and i i was like oh shit we have like a lot in common in terms of music like he was he had seen like turnstile like four times and like we like there was like a lot of uh like his girlfriend was wearing like um oh, shit wait what's that band uh ice nine kills that's a band right she's yeah, wearing sure. like ice nine kill shirt and i was like oh okay cool <laughs> These are these are people I appreciate heavy shit. Okay, nice, nice. All right, well, that's uh, one of the reasons why Mitch did not make it to our show to record. Actually, a couple no, days. That's ago. not related at all. I know. <laughs> it's uh, I try to give you uh, a fair excuse, but you want to let us yeah. everyone know why we didn't really record the show. You plumb forgot, huh? I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> no, just that uh, truly was just like out of it and i was like oh shit <laughs> i'm unprepared um i did i did see indiana jones on monday look at that mitch you're looking at my notes without even looking at my notes that is our next yep. time talk. I, I knew i had it come on You guys knew this in the show we do a move mitch's movie movie minute where he reviews movie in a minute we're gonna try to bring those back but um i don't know when we're gonna have the next one because uh you're just telling me before we start recording you'll be busy at the time that the two movies that you have planned to see will be coming out yeah so and i'm we'll- seeing them i'm literally seeing them back to back i'm seeing um barbie the 19th and oppenheimer the 20th and then the 21st i'm leaving it's uh, a little unfortunate. <laughs> we might have to uh, do a Monday show then. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah, I could do that. Okay. So uh, for those that, for that show, we will have uh, Mitch probably do, I guess you're saying you're going to be doing two one-minute reviews for both movies. But for yeah. now, I thought we could just have a quick discussion of uh, Indiana Jones before we uh, get to our album reviews. Um, so... Before you were, we were talking about this uh, this franchise, and how excited you are for this movie. And I asked you why aren't a why are your expectations remotely tempered, and b why do you even give a shit? And you basically said because of the franchise itself, you grew up on it just like I did. Um, you said that the uh, second movie was your favorite. With yes. um, I Love don't. Them. 
I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that before. I think I've we've all heard the first one. Uh, we've all heard the third one as front favorites. And if someone said that, no, the third one's the best one, I, I would say, I understand where you're coming from. Or they said, I know, I know Raiders of the Lost Ark's the best one. I understand where you're coming from. No one says the fourth one, but for you to say Temple of Doom is the best movie, I, I guess we can have a separate episode where you can explain why it is not saying you're wrong. <laughs> but I just don't, um, I don't see what you saw with the other two. Um, I mean, that one had short round, dude. The other okay. ones didn't have short round. <laughs> okay. Just put that. The they didn't eat monkey brains in any of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. That's true. They did not. Those are the two um, best. That's, the, that's what that's what solidifies the Indiana Jones movie to you. <laughs> no monkey brains in it. And Chinese kids. That's all you need. <laughs> um, okay, so this new movie, we both saw it. Uh, so, uh, how do we approach this? Um, what did you think? I guess I will just get to the trace. Okay. This is what I've been saying to my friend. I'm the only one in my friend group who's seen it. I, I went and saw it with my dad on Monday. And, you know, I all the reviews I was hearing before this movie came out, I did not hear a single good thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. But I was still like, I was like, well, yeah, it might be bad, but like, it's just cool to see Harrison Ford being Indiana Jones. That's like my main thing. It's just like it's fun, and I love the the score. You know, it gets you hype, and yeah. I was like, there's no way like all of it could be bad, and it really wasn't as bad as people were saying. Like, it was fucking goofy. It was goofy and shit, and like, I mean, I could go on, and like, the end was pretty fucking weird. I I don't know that I it ended up going somewhere really fucking strange. Right, you know i I, like for the most part i was like this is fine like i i I thought it was like better than kingdom of the crystal skull i mean i haven't watched kingdom of the crystal skull in probably like 10 years but from what i can remember i was like you know what i think i had more fun watching this than kingdom of the crystal skull i think that's that that what you just said right now everyone agrees with you i haven't heard one person that says no this is worse than that everyone (laughs) said it's better that but i think everyone I think for if for what I'll say is if you want the first three the, the trilogy turn around and leave you're not gonna get it. you know uh, there's no possible way you should know going into it you're not gonna get it's not gonna be as good as the eighties no oh uh, can, I, can I just say one of my main gripes with the movie real quick I hated I was, the kid I hated the kid okay <laughs> I couldn't stand that kid he was so hard to look at he wasn't he, Chinese I got it yeah he wasn't Kihoi Kwan. So like they just had like they should have just gotten Kiyoi Kwan in that movie and you know every time he sees Harrison Ford they're always hugging they're, they're they love each other best friends so they should have just gotten him in there mm-hmm. and uh, well they they probably started filming this before uh, the hype of everything everywhere all at once and everyone was like Kiyoi Kwan's back every yeah. Buzzfeed article <laughs> let's do let's, let's do some reshoots and that kid's like no 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 I signed a contract you got me yeah. and my mustache <laughs> it's like that kid I. You know, there's like an age with little kids where it's just like, you know, it's like, oh, you're cute. And then it's just like, there's a little weird in between where it's just like, oh, you're just, you're, you're, your body's like figuring it out right now and you're growing and you look weird. You look strange. And that's okay. okay. All of us have been in that stage, but you got to point it out. And that yeah. kid like in this stage, and I was just like, man, this kid is hard to look at, bro. And, and I don't know. He just didn't do much for me in the movie. He just like, 
I don't know. It was just like, oh yeah, the clever uh, street rat kid. You know what I mean? Like the scrappy kid who uh, can get it done. You know, it's just like, okay, come. You know, you can be like a little more creative with that one. It's just like we we've seen that, and it, he's not Kiwi Kwan. <laughs> okay. Um. So what I also thought after when I when I went to the theater and saw it, um, something happens in the very very beginning of the movie that uh, no way, you know they they act they did a great deep fake with him. You guys probably mm-hmm. in, in the in the trailer where they make Indiana Jones. <laughs> like younger and it takes place like during like you know the 40s something like that and i thought that was like that looked good it looked really amazing he looked it did. Kind of, it see how they pull off but then something happens in the very beginning of the movie where it's like there's no way he would have survived that because no one else in the room did so then it's just like now you're at this point now where it's like do i either a get up and leave because this is going to be that kind of movie where he's like you know you're you know fast and furious people or Die Hard Five or whatever, where he's just invincible. So there's nothing to like, you know. There's nothing to feel because he's gonna survive anything. Should I get up and leave? Should I be like just sit here all mad to the whole two hours of the movie, or do I see just go with it? And I decided to go with C. I'm gonna go with it. And like what Mitch is saying, like you're here for like the the stunts, you're here for the action. Um, you're not supposed to really worry about it. So when we get to like my favorite part of the movie, which we've seen this in movies all the time, even this new um, Mission Impossible movie has this, where it's like this intense chase, car chase scene through like this uh, foreign, like, you know, city. And there's jalopies, is that what they're called? They're in the jalopies. Yeah, think of like, you know, the last Jurassic Park movie, Jurassic World movie. Think of like, you know, stuff like that. And there's shit where he's this like, I would have been dead, and I'm not 80 years old because I—he's just a fucking nimble, <laughs> 80 year old man. Like he's so nimble to like jump from one car to the next, like reaching without- over to the other car, and it's like his back doesn't hurt. And yeah. there's there's only you know because I was joking with my manager at work about it. I was like, you know, there's I know there's gonna there has to be like some scene where like it's about to be like the classic thing where he like reaches for his hat or something. Then he goes like, Oh, he like grabs his back. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm getting too old for this shit type beat. But, but uh, he, he didn't really like, say it, but you like, tell it was, yeah. You know, when they're like climbing that thing, there's like, that's like really the main scene where it's like, yeah, I'm getting old. You know what I mean? But like other than that, they don't really reference that he's old and incapable as much as I thought they would, or like make it as kitschy as they could have. Right. Right. So I thought to myself when the movie was over, like, this is both, um, um, I would say, fun and forgettable. Those are the two Fs for them. It's fun and forgettable. I'm not going to think about it after a month, and I probably won't watch it again. So I can't really, like, co-sign that it's better than the last movie because they're both – well, okay, so that movie wasn't fun, but it was forgettable. So that, maybe that's what makes yeah. this one. But I wasn't, like, mad about the Christmas one when I saw it in the theater. I was just like – okay, this is not good. Yeah, I wasn't, I mean, I was like a kid when that came out, so I wasn't angry, but I was just like, you know, I, I watched all three with my grandpa, and then we see Came in the Crystal Skull, and I was just like, mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this I agree. Is the last three I saw, this isn't, this is different. This is something else, you know? It's like what you were saying, it's just like, it's not the trilogy. It's like, these these last two movies are just like their own Indiana Jones kind of thing, and it, it doesn't even you know just don't even think about the trilogy when you're watching them 
except for when they explicitly tell you to think about the trilogy because <laughs> there's a lot of callbacks and i'm like oh by the way uh you guys probably noticed they probably spoil it for you but uh similar to crystal skull um uh kate katie allen is in this movie too but it's like i think it's weird where it's like why do you have a picture of her from like 40 years ago on your refrigerator you never took a photo of her since then no harrison ford's like that's when she was hot <laughs> <laughs> some shit harrison ford would do that's why he wanted yeah. uh, I can't He's say not skinny I, anymore. Isn't that his thing? <laughs> I can't say what I was about to say because it'll spoil it, but that's probably why he wasn't so thrilled when he when he saw her and he preferred <laughs> to do what he originally wanted to do at the climax of the movie. What are you doing here? <laughs> I told you I didn't want to go home. <laughs> this is why. <clears throat> but um, great job of uh, explaining um, his son, Shalabu's um, absence from the movie. I thought that was... Uh, fitting and also yeah. touch, touching at the same time um and other than that uh the kid didn't bother me like everyone else the uh the british lady from fleabag uh i know i'm supposed to hate her because she seemed like she was told a total bitch and for in it for herself but i just completely forgot about that i forgot that yeah she is kind of kind of fucking this guy over her her grand her godfather over but i just forgot you know i wasn't thinking i was trying my yeah. best to do what what Mitch has taught me, that trying to teach me to do is not turn my turn my brain off because I did that. But at first, I was like, "How did he survive that? No one else, everyone else is dead." In the very beginning, you don't see I'm talking. About. You gotta put it on low power. You gotta put your but, brain. Yeah, I had, I had. I'm like, fuck, and I sat back down. But what would Mitch do? I had my little bracelet on. But. Yeah, yeah. WWMD. <laughs> yeah. Are you a doctor? You know, no, no, no. <laughs> Mitch. Oh, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Respect that. Respect that frog, you know? <laughs> uh, so, all in all, guys, wait for it to come out on <laughs> uh, Disney Plus. That is my rating. You, uh, you haven't seen Asteroid City, have you? Now, look, I'm not about to fight you over what I think of Wes Anderson. I'm not, going to, I'm not doing that with you. I'm not doing that with you. No, okay? just answered it. You, like, now I know your opinion. <laughs> It's like he's ruined my, my boy, man. It's like, you know, Bill Murray's like, anytime you have a movie where it's deadpan and I don't have to emote any energy, call me. It's like ever since he did Rushmore, he he was enlightened. Like, I don't have to do that. He got he, his part was just completely cut out of Astro. Oh, 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 I, oh, I, 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 and you know what's funny? I'm just I'm just joking. I assumed he was in the movie. He is? No, he got cut out. He was originally. He was okay. They they cut it or something, and like now, like his character isn't even like mentioned or like a thing in Asteroid City. All right, well, I guess he's got to go back to the Ghostbusters. Then. But well, that was uh, it was phenomenal. I think it's get- one of my favorite. I think it's one of my favorite Wes Anderson movies I've ever seen. I don't think it, it's hard for me to pick a favorite, but it's definitely in the top three easily for me. Mm. Okay, Wes Anderson's the hack. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's that's gonna be my catchphrase. Everyone's a hack that I don't like. I I love him. Uh, and I I don't know if it's just because I do or if it's because I went to film school. <laughs> it's the latter. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, we're gonna take a quick ad break. I'll see what's going on with our uh our guests, and then we'll be right back after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Today's show is brought to you by Crabby Ginger Beer. If you're like me and you like a cold beer on a hot Christmas morning, you go for these. But right now in the summer, these are even better. Delicious ginger flavor. 
They come in all different types, like regular raspberry and peach as well. I will co-sign. I have had it, and I will say that it hits. Now that's a good beer. You guys listening to this podcast probably like, I like these like, stories you guys are telling, and I want to do that, and I want to get my own podcast going. So might I suggest you use the app Anchor? Because Anchor is a fantastic, easy-to-use podcast platform that makes it simple to create and distribute and even monetize your own podcast. With their uploading, recording, and editing tools, you can start publishing episodes in minutes with little to no experience. You don't need expensive professional equipment. You don't really need a mic. With Anchor, they have the built-in microphone software, so that's great for recording on the go with your smartphone. So once you have your episode and you're ready to record it, it's like a snap to distribute it, your podcast to most popular listening apps, including Spotify, with a single tap. And not only does Anchor give you unlimited hosting privileges and ability to get paid sponsorship as your audience grows, of course, but it is totally free to use. And I don't know about you guys, but that is my favorite price. So download the Anchor app or visit anchor.fm today to get started. Anchor FM, radio for the people, by the people. Now back to the show. And we're back, everybody. I uh, While we're on break, I found out that our potential co-host will not be making it tonight. So, uh, oh, well, we'll hold it down ourselves and get to these reviews. So let's start with the uh, popular artist first, the Killer Mike album. The album is called Michael. And uh, let me get to my notes here to discuss a little bit about what we have with this album. This is his sixth studio album. And he's a political activist, Atlanta rapper. And it's been 11 years since his last solo album. I'm talking about the album of rap music, which was a uh, widespread acclaim. That album is dope as fuck. I don't know if you've heard it yet, Mitch. But um, I listened to like the popular tracks off of it when I was uh, checking out. Because I, I really only listened to RTJ. Yeah, uh, the song Reagan you listened to, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah, I think that was one of those pops up, yeah. But yeah, if you're like Mitch just said, you haven't been following Killer Mike's career in the early 2000s when he was featured on Outcast song, uh, or you're not following like social endeavors and stuff like that, you know him as half of the dynamic hip-hop duo Run the Jewels, you know, what he does with LP, which LP actually produced that rap music album. And that's what actually led to the beginning of RTJ. You know, they produced that album together. Oh, let's work together. And they started like that, you know, tri quadfecta, whatever you call it, of like masterpiece albums they've been doing for the past 10 years. So uh, with all that in mind, if you're expecting like this versatile braggadocious like lyrics on this album, extreme hip hop production, you might be a little disappointed because based on the album title, which is what I looked at it as, like this is a very personal product for Killer Mike which has production that's heavily influenced by 70s punk and soul. And having said that, I really <laughs> did not find it that interesting until like a quarter of the way through. Uh, so also, I, I got to laugh about this, Mitch, because uh, when the album was started, I started thinking of you because I'm like, this album is very, would be very difficult for Mitch to uh, sing along to, especially around other bikes. I was, you know, when I was listening to it today, I was driving around. I was like, 
Man, I, I wonder if Jarrell's going to say something about that. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like oh, I'm not allowed to sing any of this album. <laughs> yeah. Because that first song, Down by Law, he's like practically ending every sentence with the N-word. And just to, so I don't make you feel more un- uncomfortable, I usually don't say the N-word unless like either I'm quoting rap music or I'm quoting like a Quentin Tarantino movie or... <laughs> I get caught off in traffic or or uh, quoting Mel Gibson or yeah I'm I'm I have like money riding on a basketball game and someone misses an easy layup or I stub my toe but other than that like, like I don't call say- of duty <laughs> <laughs> other than that I don't say it that much but in this case I'm not I'm just gonna refer to it the politically correct way and say the n-word but yeah every sentence in that first song ends with that word I'm like oh this is really difficult is it is it weird for you, Mitch, or are you just like I'm so used to hip hop music? No, I mean I've been listening to rap for a, a minute now, so it's just like I was like, yeah, that's it's fine. I just can't sing along. It's okay. <laughs> I, can, I can still enjoy it without singing along. Yeah, and Mitch dubs his tone. He's like, ah, <laughs> that's why I have Mac Miller and Lil Peep. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, Eminem and all. Yeah. I can sing along to them. Yeah, no, not uh, Eminem. Fuck Eminem. <laughs> Okay, uh, we'll get into that later, I guess. Um, yeah, but that first song, I mean, I guess we're both agreeing that we weren't really, we weren't really like, you know, invested in the album right away. But other than that, I thought the production of the first song was very soulful. And like CeeLo Green showing up for the, the croon on the, on the hook, yeah. I'm like, oh, cool, the funky like bass tab they're doing. And like Mike's flow is really aggressive at the same time. And I got this kind of like Rick Ross vibe from the whole song. I know Rick Ross is from like Miami, but still that Southern rap feel is there. And, and even at the end of the song, when um, Killer Mike says, this shit is so Atlanta, I'm like, yeah, this, yeah. this crap found this song. This feels like a straight up Atlanta song, you know? I mean, what did you think? You like that song? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, like, I think... Uh you'll hear with the review of this album it's just like it didn't blow me away or anything but i was just like all right cool i can vibe to this like whatever (laughs) (laughs) oh this is gonna be one of those reviews where i say that was cool right and then you're like i'm just gonna be like okay yeah when i was when i was listening to this i was like this might be one where uh where jarell's gonna maybe take the reins (laughs) well let's find out then when did you actually like is there any point in the album that it kind of when I said a quarter way through, there's a specific song where it, I came on board. Was it the same for you or just the whole time you're just like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the whole time I was kind of like sort of vibing with it, like just like fine, but you know, it wasn't doing anything like new. It wasn't like blowing me away. I wasn't like here in like a bar and being like, Oh shit. You know what I mean? Like, like mm. how it like I, can I, make me feel or some shit. I um, definitely like, yeah, I, like I liked like talking that shit. I that thought was, it was pretty cool. I got into that's the same for you. I was wondering. Yeah, it was the same for me. But then I thought Slummer was really fucking weird. Oh. I was, I was like, I don't need to be hearing all this. Like the specific line in Slummer that mm-hmm. I was like, yo, hold up, and I had to like rewind and listen to that shit again. Was all that raw dog sex, I knew that I would get you pregnant. And this teenage loves about possession. And I was like, yo, hold up. <laughs> it just sounds weird. I don't know. 
I like that line because that if, if, if I want to finish that line that you said, he says all our teenage love really is about possession. They call it adolescence because we learning a, adult lessons. I'm like, that is a fucking bar. Yeah, I was like, hmm. <laughs> you didn't finish how, the line. How clever. I, yeah, I, I don't know, but I do remember that being, I was like, uh, that's clever. I don't know. I was, uh, I, it didn't impress me. <laughs> oh, you're a tough critic, man. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's just that's like, what we this, got you. This one, yeah, I don't know. This this one just uh, don't impress me much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, that song he's talking about slummer is is you know the you know the slums of the summers, and he's talking about he's being personal, dude, talking about getting his girlfriend pregnant. Yeah, you know, I don't I, know. Like I, I I have to hear that fucking J Cole song every so often where he he talks about like fucking a girl or whatever, and I'm just like, man. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to imagine a young version of you trying to fumble your way into some pussy. Like I don't, I don't, I don't need it. I don't need to hear about that. It doesn't do anything for me. I'm not. It's like even if I do relate to it, like I'll just be like, I I don't need it. I don't need to be thinking about that. (laughs) Now you're gatekeeping, smashing broads, man. Come on. The gatekeeping doesn't stop at music with Mitch, man. No, um, I thought the production of that song was good. Uh, we, and we backtracked to the, the talking shit song. I, I just like that beat and like the, the switches in that song were, were, were pretty hard too. Um, and it's that's the only song on the album that talking that shit is the only song on the album that doesn't have a feature. So I'm like, oh, it's cool to yeah. hear Mike spit hot fire on his own, you know? And Slummers has Jagged Edge. When's the last time you heard Jagged Edge, Mitch? Come on. I don't even know who Jagged Edge is. Exactly. You don't even know who Jagged Edge is. With a party at that's that nineties R and B for you, man. And he and they and he pulls them out the out the woodworks and it's just like, all right. After that point, I think we're gonna we're gonna have to do that um Fast and Furious thing where we're parting we're parting on the road. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Paul Walker? Yeah, you're the yeah. one that, you're the one that wants to die, right? So maybe we should be <laughs> Yeah, so um you know how I feel about future, right? You know my my. Do you have a hard opinion on future? You don't like future. <laughs> Go back on the on the archive, everybody, if you're a new listener. But I'm not a fan of future. But he showed. I'm ambivalent. I'm ambivalent towards future. I, I think the only thing I can really be like, oh, I fucking love like future on was um uh, uh what a time to be alive. This album with Drake. Yeah. I thought that was fire. I love that album. That was like college for me. But I, like, there's never been like, uh, maybe mask off. That was that was him, right? Man, oh fuck it, mask. I remember when that was like the wave. But other than that, it's just like future. Yeah, it's cool when he's like future. I liked his album with Lil Uzi Vert. Um, was it Baby Pluto? I think was what it was called. A lot of people shit on that album, but I thought it was cool. If I could shit on a uh, future, I would do it at any time. <laughs> but uh. He's on that song, uh, Scientists and Engineers. Yeah. It's the That's... most popular song off the album. Yeah. Oh, was that from the Spotify segment? Yeah, it has like four million. And then I think um, uh, maybe like Don't Let the Devil has like two million because it's Killer Mike and LP. That's probably why. Probably. <laughs> but I'm figuring like the Scientists and Engineers has that much streams because Andre 3000 from Outcast is on it. Yeah. And I fuck with Andre 3000. He's rare, you know. He, yeah. When you, 
comes out of like the woodworks or the, the drop of a, a verse, it's just like, you know, the world fucking stops. And I don't blame him because he never disappoints in even knowing this song as well. Cause he's so, I mean, I can't, I don't, I think I don't have to say it, but he's skillfully quick. His pace, his flow is so good where it's fast and slow. And the beat on that part where he's rapping is like this like futuristic video game kind of like beat. So obviously I'm thinking to myself, future's like, oh shit, I'm sandwiched between like two dope rappers. I gotta step my game up, which I have to honestly say, like um future on this on this song. He's tolerable. What do you think? That's, that's yeah, a, I, I thought I I have that like high um, praise from me when I say that. <laughs> I you know he came in like it starts off like so strong, and like I was like fucking with it, and then like once Future's part came in, I was like, oh, this just sounds like any Future song now. I was oh, like right. ready for his part to be over, and like I don't I don't I don't have as hard of an opinion as on future as you do but yeah i just felt like i was like eh, maybe it would have been better if he wasn't on this one <laughs> how ironic whereas i'm just like i'm not mad he's there but you you prefer if he wasn't um but then like mike comes in and i thought what was interesting is like mike doesn't even let andre 3000 take the song from him because mike's verse is like just probably the best verse on the, on the album he's like you're not gonna out rap me on this song and uh this is probably one of my favorite tracks in the album and I'm like, you know, I wish some more tracks sounded like closer to like, you know, well, maybe I didn't expect, I knew what I was getting into. Like, cause I'm not saying I want an RTJ type album on here. I knew what I'm getting into, but we still like what, what Mitch kind of hinted at. We get that on that song you mentioned, which has like the second most like downloads on Spotify, the song Don't Let the Devil. And that features LP and he actually co-produced the song too. And the beat's kind of mellow and it's some like spiritual harmonies on the hook, but both MCs spit some like hard lyrics. Felt the track was a little too short. But other than that, thought it was a good song. Yeah. Um yeah. Um I would I know you guys want to say more because we're like, oh well, RTJ's our shit. I, I mean, I I don't know. It's just like I I don't know what else to say about it. Like, uh, it's it's good. And it's, it's fine. I, it's just fine. <laughs> oh, it's just fine. Yeah. I, I, well, yeah even... I don't know. It's just like you know. I yeah. I could I could listen to it or I, or I can't. It's just like either way. I don't really care. It's, I it's think I, like yeah. a fun rap album. You know. It's like I I don't like hate it, but it's not like something. I, it's not something I want to like put on repeat or like look for little things and i don't know i'm just like too on my kendrick shit right now or something but <laughs> yeah um the others okay so i'll just try to give him some more credit on this um personal stuff he's doing his album but i think the songs two songs i want to mention before we get out is uh something for the junkies where he's like um you know humanizing people that with substance abuse and he's very personal lyrics about his freebasing auntie and then that song, I thought lead, was cool how it leads into like the song Motherless, where he's like, you know, I, I mean, I was kind of lukewarm on like the soulful production of the album, but I thought the beats were like pretty smooth in there and soothing. And he's like opening up how impactful his and wise his mother is, who's like deceased. I'm like, uh, this is really cool how like, you know, personally he's being with the song. And I did enjoy kind of, well, I kind of, understood which i'll get into in my final thoughts the way how this album is like kind of soulful it's like funky and we didn't mention it but it's really gospel like 
you know there's some songs that have that gospel uh, sound or it's like really like you know gospel lyrics like the last song which i think is called like high and holy i think it is where he's like he stays high and he stays holy you know i stay i stay blunted but you know it's all for the lord you know so that's really all i gotta say about it i know there's features like young thug and stuff like that to mention but a lot of people on the like a lot of the features that i didn't talk about just i never heard of or did didn't really do anything for me i mean i see ty dollar sign like a lot and it's just like he's he has not done anything to make me like you know remember it and like care when I yeah, see it. He's just fine. Like I feel like that's the way I feel about Ty Dollar Sign and even Currency is the way you feel about this entire album. But yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> I did. I did fuck with that uh, Young Thug song though, which is a uh, run because I like Young Thug. I think he's dope. So I was excited, you know, and, and it was similar to you. It was like, I don't recognize a lot of the names that are on here. But when I saw Young Thug, I was like, oh, sick. All right. There's there's someone immediately that I fuck with. And uh, I thought that was a good song. But like, you know, like that, talking that shit, scientists and engineers, um, you know, I mean, don't let the devils because like LPs on there. But it's just like, those are like the main ones where I was like, oh, we're, we're okay, cool. I'm pumping with this. But other than that, it was all just kind of like, just some like background rap to have on so when you're like chilling or something, which like isn't bad. It's just fine. Like I said, I'm kind of like ambivalent towards it. Okay. Uh, any, you want me to go first or anything else to say? No, you can go for it. It's your rating. Yeah. Uh, I know I, the music's like standard and for conscious like hip hop music and the sound killing mic. Is that he's doing on it is like what he grew up on and um it's showing what was influenced by and he's got got really personal lyrics where he where i think to myself you know what this is what he wanted to do and he achieved that so um i have i i'm i i don't really see myself revisiting this but it is good so i i'm gonna actually do something and change the rating i originally had and give this album a higher rating of a low down with this, where I'm just saying, you know, buy it used, buy it discounted, you know, but it's not really for me, but that the way I judge things is if, if, if it's good, and it's, then I'll have to go with that, you know. So I'm not so enthusiastic, but yeah, it's a low diet or buy it. What do you think? You know, like I've been saying, it's fine. You know, I, I didn't, it's not like I was like sitting there like, oh God, I have to listen to this fucking album. You know, I wasn't like torturing myself when I, because I, I like to re-listen to the things we review. It's just like, I, I, it wasn't torture, but I was just like, yeah, this is, it doesn't do anything for me. There's something like new or like really interesting going on. Um, you know, some of the features were cool, but even then it just like wasn't enough for me to be like, super fucking into it um just very ambivalent feelings in general with this album and even the songs i liked i'm like it's they're not like enough i'll like them enough that like they're gonna be on my on repeat on spotify exactly yeah yeah so um i'm giving it the same score as you as a it's a low download this because i'm not gonna say skip this it's it's not like I oh, said, you're, going, oh, you're going lower than me. I went, I went low by this. You're going low down. Oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing a low download this. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know, it, it's not a skip this because I, like I said, I don't think it's trash or anything. But yeah, 
you know, if I'm going to like recommend a rap album to someone to listen to, it's not going to be this one, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you, but if, if, if I was like, do you like this kind of rap music? Um, I would recommend them in that case. But if it's like any, I agree with your rating. If it's like, there's better rap music out there. But if it's like, if you, if this particular person likes, wants to know the personal side of Killer Mike, I would say you should buy this album. Yeah. I would say that. All right. So um, we don't, we, ironically, we didn't have the same rating, but we do kind of agree how we feel about that. Let's see if we have the same thoughts on this next one. Uh, this artist I've actually reviewed before. It's a bully and the album is called Lucky For You. And it's a fourth studio album. And as of 2018, Bully consists of Alicia Bognano, who does vocals as well as guitar and bass. So she's the only member. She's kind of like the, the uh, I want to say the um, Trent Reznor of uh, indie rock music. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's, that's high praise. Trent Reznor of Sub Pop. Yeah. <laughs> so the last album she did, Sugar Egg, me and my wife reviewed that back in 2020. She absolutely hated it, whereas I thought it was not bad considering she was technically, this was her, that was her first solo project. And she did get to the honor of opening for the Pixies this past June. So obviously those indie rock legends think she's talented. So uh, have you heard Bully before? I hadn't. I had, no. I had no idea what that was when he sent it. All right, so um, this is a, so you guys know Mitch, he's a big fan of uh, indie rock music. So I'm just gonna almost let you gush over this album and all this thing out for a bit. Yeah, so, like I was saying, I never- Get out of your system, how much you love it. It was, I thought it was cool, man. Like I, uh, like I said, I never listened to Bully before and um, I just like fucked with the vibes and I, I, I didn't check out like any of the, her other music besides um, what we reviewed, but I this one excuse me definitely made me want to um the one thing I, I'm gonna say though is that like I, I was like listening to it my, my girlfriend came over and I was like okay wait listen to this woman's voice when she sings like specifically like in the last track she sounds just like Tommy Pickles from Rugrats and it's it's insane bro and like i like i said, i love this music like no like shade to her or anything it's fine to sound like tommy Pickles is an iconic cartoon character but like it's undeniable now i've got now i'm gonna ruin it for everyone like no i mean now now people who haven't even listened to it yet they're listening to this review they're like now i gotta hear that and they're gonna be thinking about tommy pickles the whole time yeah, got me thinking about it now i'm pitching yeah. a video of that little baby singing, lip singing this song. A mic and he's just going crazy. Yeah. And his diaper. Blue yeah. <laughs> that is funny as hell. <laughs> yeah. That's a good call. All right. I never thought of that. Interesting take, man. Um, yeah. The last two albums were released on the Seattle label Sub Pop. And if you guys know about Sub Pop, like once you hear the first track, you're like, no fucking shit. It's not sub pop because <laughs> this is like the epitome of that label and that sound. But as much as it, you, you're probably thinking I'm gonna go the other way, but when I listen to this album, I got instant flashbacks too. So it's interesting for my for your for you. You didn't actually grow up on this type of music she's doing, but for me, it's just like I'm just 
watching like I remember watching indie punk and grunge bands on MTV 120 minutes and alternative nation back in the 90s I would fucking teleport it to my 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 teenage bedroom you know what watching that 16 inch TV that my got for Christmas on on like Sunday nights watching MTV and watching videos and I just was like oh my god like I'm just there and um I probably mentioned on the last time I reviewed their album uh how much you know, they remind me of early Liz Fair. Uh, I don't know if you've ever listened to Liz Fair before. She quote unquote sold out with that Why Can't I song in the early 2000s. But um, Liz Fair was like one of like the scenes to like, you know, in like uh, that other girl that had an album, but uh, PJ Harvey, like that whole like indie, like female stuff. But I also got like bits of Sonic Youth vibes mm-hmm. from the song, like Hard to Love. Where it's like it goes from like quiet to like noise rock instrumentation, gloomy low tone bass to like distorted guitars in the chorus. So I, I all that stuff that was happening in that in those those years, I'm hearing that her doing that. I'm really, I'm usually impressed when like people that didn't grow up like in that time are so influenced by that. That's what, how the music sounds. It really impressed me or amazed me, I should say. Did you read that? This, but I read this too. Uh, that this album is dedicated to Alicia's dog that died last year. So like the first song that's about the dog is the second track called uh, Days Move Slow. And you wouldn't know it's a sad song because it's like really infectious and bouncy beat and her vocals are really light, lighthearted. But you see, it's like a song dealing with like death as she sings about living in a black hole and putting flowers on your grave that grow. So there, that song, the song called uh, A Wonderful Life and the song called A Love Profound are all about her coping with her dog's death. But I thought what was cool about that, and you probably might agree with this, Mitch, is you didn't notice that. No. And I thought, thought that's cool because the way she conveys her lyrics, is it helps the listener relate to, like, you know, having lost someone special who isn't a canine. You know, so what do you think? Yeah, I think that's really dope. Um, that sure reminds me, uh, you, you know the band Counterparts, metalcore band? Yeah. Um, on their most recent album, uh, they have a song that's dedicated to uh, the frontman's cat that passed away. Well, at the time when they recorded, he didn't pass away yet, but he was like really sick. And, you know, like when you when you don't know that, you're like, oh, it's just like some sick, like heavy ass song where it's just like about like sacrifice or whatever. But then, you know, like, I lost my cat like a year ago that we had for like 18 years. And like, so like listening to that song with that knowledge, I'm like, Oh shit. Like a hardcore song. It never made me like tear up before I had like heard yeah. that one with context. So yeah. I think, like, that's a really powerful tool there. <laughs> Did you particularly, uh, so you were saying like, you like, you like the whole vibe of the, al- of the album or, or what are like songs you want to talk about that you like more than this? Um, uh, I'm a pickle I- song. I like in general I was just like kind of fucking with the vibes but the two that I have uh written down are actually like kind of close to the last two which was Lose You and Miss America. Okay, uh, Miss America really. I remember that's the second to last song but what Yeah, yeah. Uh Lose You is the third to last and that has Soccer Mommy. Uh features Soccer Mommy. I like Soccer Mommy. But what do you think what do you think of her 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 name is uh, I wrote down Sophia Allison? Yeah. Yeah, and um, what'd you think of her on the song though? Oh, she was good. Like, like I said, I, I like Soccer Mommy. I'm um, 
I'm a fan. You know, she uh, she performed at a Bernie rally, which I thought was cool. I think that's how I found out about her. And uh, we would always get like her CDs too at the uh, radio station I worked at. So like I was like, I was like stoked to see her name on here and just like anything with her. I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. I fucked with it. Well, yeah, my, my my opinion is going to be this: is I think she sounds so identical to her. Yeah, I, I don't think she should have been on the song. It's like unless you're a fan of of um you know like the, her shit like soccer mommy. I guess I I could understand that you know, <laughs> but I I could tell the difference immediately. Okay, but on the plus side, I thought the chorus like really hit, and if I, I got the nostalgia chills when that part came in, I thought it was an adorable banger. Yeah. Uh, um. But the the other song you mentioned, uh, Miss America, that's just one where it's just her and the guitar by itself. It's like yeah. like like bushes, like glycerine in a way. A little bit chiller kind of vibes. Not as much going on, but I like that. Hmm. And then um, I, I also really appreciate, I mean, I don't like skip all the way to the end, but, you know, I, if you're a veteran of this podcast, you know, I, I really can't fucking stand when like an album has like, it closes with like a seven minute ballad. And this okay. album did like the complete opposite because it was like under two minutes and it was actually like a pretty fast song. Um, yeah. So like, I was like, oh shit, I, I like that a lot. I'm like, it's, nowadays it all has to be like slow and like personal on the last track. And I'm just like, I, I don't need it. I thought that was interesting about that. When I was, when I was looking on um, Wikipedia and they label like what this album is, it was like alternative rock and political music. And I'm like, there's nothing political about this album until you get to that last song. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's like, that's when she's getting her like riot girl on uh, her. Yeah. Rugrat, Rugrats on <laughs> with um, yeah, that's the one. That's the main one where I, I showed my girlfriend. I was like, "This sounds just like Tommy Pickles." <laughs> but it's like uh, she's you know kind of like bikini kill kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, sort of guitars yelling about um, you know the media, climate change, mass shootings, and my body, my choice, all that stuff in the t- less than two minutes. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's like, do you feel like that song? is out of place or you think it's so good and so short you're happy it's there uh the second uh, i'm just like happy it's there i like that it ended on that like fast kind of note there's no like yeah blowing down now it's the end of the album it's the credits you know what i mean it's like nah it's it will continue it's almost like a to be continued (laughs) and she's talked about like stuff like that before so it wasn't too jarring for me either and even when they had the lyrics on um, this one song, uh, it's called Change Your Mind, where she says, um, when you ask me how I'm doing, I say I can't complain. After all, it's unattractive for me to burden you with shame. So I'm guessing like this is like, you know, she's dealing with women issues. And I think to myself, like, is that what women go through? Like they can't really be honest about how they feel because, you know, men just find it unattractive like you know how we have that wet resting bitch face quote you know but we don't have a term for men so because i guess men are able to be like in a bad mood but women aren't yeah i have resting mitch face (laughs) very true (laughs) so you're allowed to do it as long as it rhymes yeah yeah so mitches and riches and bitches can do it you know but no no one else can fit in rhymes all right so um I thought the song How Will I Know, which is not a Whitney Houston cover. So <laughs> I like the I like the the bounce of that. I like the the bass tabs in that one. I thought it was cool. 
but this album is like pretty short it's like 10 tracks in like 30 minutes um so i think even though she's tackling feminist issues in the past you know uh this was it's a it's a, it's that song that mitch likes uh, i thought was like kind of like blatant and preachy compared to the rest of the album so that's where i kind of differ but at the same time, I, I respect the dedication to the retro sound. Um, so that's really all I got to say about that. I'll give you my final thoughts in a second, but I'll let you uh, go because I think you like this album a lot more than I did. So I'll let you go ahead first. Um, I, I have a lot to say, so go ahead. Yeah. Um, you want me to give my, my uh, final rating and everything? Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I just had a lot of fun with this album. Like, I, I never heard of Bully before. I didn't know what I was getting into. And I put on the first track, and I was like, oh, shit. You know, I, I like the guitar tone a lot. Just cool vibes all around, especially just, like, with, like, the hot weather. For some reason, it just, like, you driving around listening to that. It just, like, felt right. Kind of felt like I'd – it's not, like, beachy vibes. But for some reason, I was like, I just want to, like, drive to the beach right now. Maybe it's just because it's been so hot. But, uh yeah. yeah, like honestly, like this is one that I, I think I'm gonna like show some of my friends that I think could be interested, and I, I want to like check out more of her discography. I haven't listened to anything else besides this. He said she has two other albums. This is her third album? This is her uh, fourth one. Fourth? Okay, damn, I'm really behind, and I never even heard of her before either, which is really strange. Yeah, um, you're a poser. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm, poser. <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm old, man. What can I say? I'm old. 26. I'm dying. But it's but, just your uh, age group. When you hear the, the, the word bully, it's like, you know, bullies have been outlawed ever since, you know, you know, nerds are, are in and stuff like that. So <laughs> probably she's even going with that, that name for the band. Yeah. That was funny. Is I, was, I was just exchanging uh, bullying stories with my manager, so the different ways we were bullied as kids. But, uh, you know, so those are stories. Uh, maybe a Patreon story. Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> you have to pay to hear about my trauma. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, final rating for this for me, I think would be it's like just like a solid like uh high. I think a high download this would be good. Um, I don't I don't think I want to like rush to the store to get this on vinyl. If if there if I was at a record store and there was a bunch of uh records in front of me that I was interested in, this maybe might not make the cut just because it's so new to me. But um, I could see maybe that review that review uh changing a little bit maybe end of the year listen okay. a little bit more but no yeah it's just it's a fun album it's it's not anything like crazy new or anything but fun time i i, I like you know it's just like really cool guitar pretty laid back for the most part and uh yeah good listening experience hmm. you i actually had you pegged except for the rating you know and i should I should uh, rephrase that. I didn't. You thought I was gonna ride it like a lot harder. <laughs> I didn't phone you in the in the butt. You know, I didn't peg you like that. But maybe this <laughs> we could talk about that. So I remember when the band Jet in the Darkness hit the mainstream. We were probably like you know still in diapers at the time. That's so weird to say that, but I have to face that reality that you were a baby in the early aughts. But um. Jet, remember that? Jet, are you gonna on my yeah. way? Are you gonna be my girl in uh, the darkness? I believe anything go wrong. So that all came out, and people that grew up on 70s rock music were embracing that throwback trend. 
And I remember like I said to myself, I never want to be that old puppet pining over bands who sounded like music I heard in high school. 20 years later, I understand. <laughs> I understand that nostalgia. I totally understand. But uh, as much as I, I, I was entertained by this album, it just made me want to just listen to like the uh, Exile and Guy Bill or Veruca Salt or Little to Cleo or just pull out my VHS recordings from 120 minutes while like chowing down the member brains, like member berries, that's what they call it, right? Member. <laughs> but when I mention both things, either way, it's a nice trip down memory lane that doesn't cost me a dime. So that's why I'm gonna rate this album the same thing as that experience. Download this, listen to it for free. And I think we probably have the same rating. So look at that. Yeah, wow. Like, like the tad more than I did, but uh, I appreciate the nostalgia. But do you feel that happens to you sometimes? You listen to something, and once it it reminds you of something, you just cut that off and go listen to the original thing instead. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge nostalgia junkie, man. Like that's that's very accurate. <laughs> yeah, so I was just like I was listening to the, the original instead of like you know someone like imitating it, or sometime we will get into it in certain artists where it's like they're new stuff is so bad i just cut it off and listen to like what i used to like about them in the first place and i'll probably mention that in certain reviews when we go forward um but we talked about newer artists i guess now we're going to take it back old school group the dead milkman yes i said it they are back quaker city quiet pill you're a legendary philly punk band and this is their 11th studio album and it's been nine years, Mitch, since they had an album. Uh, they've been around since 1983 and are known for their signature blend of college rock, old school cowpunk, as well as their com- comedic like social commentary that can be heard in hit songs like Tiny Town, uh, Bitch and Camaro, Instant Club Hit, If You Love Somebody, Set Them on Fire, and of course, the big, mega breakout song punk rock girl you familiar with the dead milking right i know punk rock girl (laughs) just punk rock girl you don't know that song yeah i i I never really um i i didn't really know anyone that was sending them so it never really hit me there was a there was a band in montclair called just the milkman they were fucking awesome i listened to them more than i listened to dead milkman (laughs) But they, they're pale in comparison, pale being the color, color of milk in comparison to the original, the dead milkman. Uh, but you just found out that they, they are not one-hit wonders now. <laughs> Does that blow your mind? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, I mean, they, they, I know that they're, like, relevant. Like, I know they've got a hell of trash. They've been around a while. But it's just, like, that was never um, the punk I was listening to. <laughs> So um, I thought what's interesting with the opening track, Grandpa's Not a Racist, I was surprised, and this is going to be me saying, because I guess I know more about them than you, This that sounds like classic Dead Milkman. That song could have came out in 85, easily. But the lyrics at the same time relate to like current events, even though they don't like mention the racist Grandpa voted for by name. But, you know, I'm guessing it's like a certain person like, you know, who would be like, hey, you know, the grandpa came up to me, tears running down his face, saying they're going to take my guns, they're going to take my Jesus, 
And I said, hey, I'm so amazing. I'll make it work. You know, you got to do this. Yeah. And then talk. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. But uh, anyway, not mentioning by my name. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, your first time hearing them, but I'm telling you right now, that is what they always sounded like. But other than that, with that first song, Grandpa's on a Racist, where'd you, how'd you feel about that song? All right. So I just said this with Bully. I have to compare it to something else, right? So yeah. Bully, I said that she sounds like Tommy Pickles um, with this. I don't know how many of our viewers have watched Portlandia. I hope all of them have because it's one of the best shows ever. Uh, this just gives me such like vibes. Like, you know, um, the character that Fred Armisen does in Portlandia, Spike, the punk with like the, the gauges. Okay. This just sounds like a char- like a like a song that he would do like as that character. Like it seemed like it felt like a Portlandia song making fun of like punks, you know? Yeah. And and I can like I could hear Fred Armisen singing this, you know? Grandpa, yeah, Fred- a little racist. Yeah, like it's. Just, I don't know. It, it was just like so like fucking corny, and it just like I was like, this is like parody. Like, because, like, this is, like, late. It's, like, you're fucking late. Like, Joe Biden's president now. Why did, where were you four years ago? You know? Like, that was more relevant. <laughs> yeah, but it could be relevant again in, in a year and a half. Probably now. will be, yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? Maybe there's there... like a timeless classic when God and Emperor Trump is our uh, <laughs> president. Yeah, so it's, like, it. it I don't know. It's just... Man, I didn't know you were gonna like go so hard on that song, but um, I'm gonna surprise you with this. One. <laughs> okay. Huh. All right. Well, not only did I was happy to hear like that retro uh, Dead Milkman sound, but I also got some Dead Kennedy vibes on the song uh, "Hens Teeth and Goofa Dust" because it's like a surf rock song. Like, mm. and Rodney even sounds a little bit like uh, Jello or you know Jello with his uh, vocals on that song. So it's like, all right, that's cool. Now, I want to ask you this, Mitch, like, um, did, I don't suppose, like, you notice when Rodney sang or when Joe sang a song, or did you even notice there were two different singers? Did not even know. This is okay. new. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's just, um, I, 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 I got an ear for their, their voices. So when a song would come out, I know who was singing it. Oh, so like I, me with the, with Bully and Soccer Mommy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, dude. These two sound way different than two uh, two young female singing, but yeah, um, I was also surprised. <laughs> so you were now you, I blew your mind about how the fact that you didn't know there was two singers, but what surprised me was how boring this album felt <laughs> after the first track. So I actually liked that first song, but then after that, it's just so dull and repetitive. Like mostly, and mostly, like it just wasn't funny to me. I wasn't even cracking a smile after a while. Like More I'm like, like Dole Milkman, huh? More like the Dole Milkman. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> I was like, I was like, did they seriously write a song about playing musical chairs? Like seriously? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like I was like, this isn't TV party. Stop it. <laughs> you can't Music- make TV party again. Chairs. <laughs> That's Joe singing that song. Musical chairs. <laughs> And um, I'm like, oh, maybe it's like a metaphor, like observing our society. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's literally 
about playing musical chairs. I'm like, why? Why is it a song about musical chairs? And I thought to myself, like, well, at least you could put this song on at a kid's party if you're actually playing it. Like, maybe they're trying to get their, um, they might be giants, like, vibe on, like, making kids music. But <laughs> like, this song is so long, like, the first thing I said, and repetitive, but I think the kids will get bored with it before the game's over. <laughs> you know, you can't, so you got to have, like, at least, like, 16 chairs out to keep stopping and starting the song to make, to make to the end of the song. Um, well, I mean, what do you think? Like, you know, from that song to uh, this song about some like gripey old man, like uh, I, I got to look up look, uh, the track beside musical chairs. Albert, Albert Square. Yeah, there's a song about, you know, the, the Philadelphia femme, femme uh, dom. That, so, okay, wait. I, I wrote something down for that fucking song because I was like, what the fuck? Uh, that shit. I said that sound like I think with a lot of this album for me, it sounds like something someone's like like you have a friend and then it's like their dad's like kind of weird. He's like fun to hang out with, but he's got like he's just like fucking weird a little bit. And, you know, he goes in the basement. And he like records himself like making a song and he thinks it's like bomb. And it's like, he's like, oh, yeah, it's funny, but it's also really good. And then like you listen to it and you're like, good job, Mr. Smith. But it's like what the fuck is your dad cooking down there? You know what I mean? That's how it felt with this. It's like, it's either like a Portlandia sketch or it just feels like, and like, you know, like they, you said they've been around since 83. So I guess that probably is accurate. There, someone's, they're probably have kids and their kids are like, yeah, my dad's just making his weird fucking punk music in the basement, talking <laughs> chairs and shit. And then their friends are like, mm, cool. That's why you have this hot tub, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All that punk rock girl money. Yeah, yeah. Favorite is hot tub. Punk rock girl streams. Yeah, it's just you know, obviously you you can probably guess they're in their early sixties at this point. Yeah. Oh, so it's um. From their you know, profile picture. Yeah, it's just like a uh, king of sick. I'm like, once he ended the song when uh, Rodney was like sick, and he, you hear that feminist voice. I'm like, that was the only interesting part of that song. And then um, Albert Square, like you said, and an Astral Dad. It's just, this is just. Fuck, were they on about? Like half of the time, I'm like, what the fuck are they even on about? (laughs) (laughs) What are you guys on about? Yeah. What the bloody hell is this? What is Blood saying right now? It was just like, what the fuck is this? Astral Dad. I was like, listen, I'm like, I don't, I can't follow. This is too much. Do I have to read a? Do I have to watch the Netflix series to know about Astral Dad and you know, like MCU shit? Yeah. (laughs) Like, it wasn't looking good for, like, this album getting a decent rating from me until we get that one-two punch in the middle of the album with the two tracks we're going to get into. Uh, one track is called We Are Clearly Not the Master Race, and the other track is called How Do I Even, How Do You Even Manage to Exist? Now, this these two songs, like, are the epitome of Dead Milkman, hardcore punk indie rock with, like, funny, witty lyrics. And I'm like, finally, I am chuckling. So I'm going to have to say to this to you right now, Mitch, if those two songs did not like even get a, a grin out of you or like, you know, even like a mile, like, oh, this is interesting. They're not for you. So um, the first song, The Master Race, the, you know, it's like kind of poking fun at like that conservative conspiracy, like person who like reads like right wing, like propaganda websites and types their opinion while living in their mom's basement. And in true, like, Dead Milkman fashion, um, 
Rodney and Joe like role play the dialogue exchange between like the mother and this in the and in the son in the spoken word bridge before like that you know that the drum say we are not you know that it gets fast like that red pill bomb we are not the master race that gets faster like all punk and stuff like that so before we get to the second song like which thing of that one the master race song you know it's just like i i think with like when it's like so in your face political kind of shit like that it's like it's either gonna be really good to me or i'm gonna be like this is like corn fest you know and with that i was just like yeah it's like i i was saying this to my friend earlier too i was like this i've never liked like jokes in songs i don't like funny music it's just never been a thing for me you know like, i i i think maybe i listened to like two weird owl tracks religiously when i was a kid and that was the extent like, I just don't fuck with that. I don't, I, I don't know. But when I, you know, we reviewed Incendiary recently, and that is all very politically charged shit. But I feel like they say it in such like a poetic sort of way, and just like more badass sort of way. You know, like every window deserves a brick. That's hard as fuck. But like, there's no like hard as fuck lines that make me like feel like call to action or would like make me be like oh yeah like let's do something about this or like yeah fuck those nazis you know it's just like i was just like like this isn't gonna do anything it's just like corny to me yeah but didn't the name of the band like give it away that they're a joke just the dead milkman i've i've heard more ridiculous band names that are serious <laughs> okay really okay i mean i like a shit there's a shitload of like bands that like kind of just started off like to almost be to almost like make fun of or parody the genre they're doing like um tsunami this hardcore band out of uh san jose california right now is like huge and they started off just kind of like like oh yeah we're like tough tough guy hardcore but then it's like like as a joke but then it's like oh like people actually really fucked with it because like tough guy hardcore is awesome so like (laughs) you know it's just like i'm gonna beat the shit out of you like ever that's how's that like not gonna get you hyped and like want to start moshing and swinging what the man it's just like it's not like they're really telling you like the like the angry angry about this like guy in the basement like you know i just like i don't the joke i I, I just i think about this fucking guy i went to college with and he's he's just like he was like yeah i'm punk i'm hardcore but it's like bro like you, you you listen to like 80s punk and like that's it and it's just like you can like it's like it's it's just like corn shit it's like the, the things have evolved and there's like ways to like say things or whatever and like for this i'm like why even exist or why even like make a song about this if it's just gonna be like so corn it's like who the fuck is like sitting in their bed and they're like yeah i want to put that song on like that's just like in my mind i don't know i'm just being like an asshole cynic but it's just like it's one of those instances when I'm listening to this whole album, I'm like, if if you, like, maybe, like, your age is, like, different, because it's, like, you know, you, you they've been around a minute, but, like, for me, like, if you're my age, and, like, you're in a punk and shit, and you're listening to this shit, I'm going to make fun of you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm gonna be, like, there are 500, like, other things you could be listening to that are so much fucking better, and will, like, make you feel so much more than this like a weird owl excuse for fucking punk music you know it's just like i i know that like that's like, there's a whole sect of hardcore it was just like funny like that was a thing in the 80s like yeah. that's all about it like 
it's 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 still a thing where it's like different states kind of have their different kind of hardcores and different areas but you know i, I historically i'm just not into that shit and so it's just like to me it's just corntastic <laughs> so we're clear not the master race is uh you took seriously at the, at the same time you hated it but they, 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 I think what they do, they blur the line between where they're joking and they're like, no, we're seriously like, you know, we're not, we're not like a, we're not an evolved society. And then that leads to the next song, which, uh, you know, has Rodney uh, getting his old man on that you're saying, where he's like griping about people who take forever in line to order food. See, I like that one because I have the mind of a fucking old ass man and I get so annoyed at people just simply existing around me. So like that whole song, I was like, yeah, me too. I also hate that. So I think out of every, that's my favorite track. If I had to pick one, gun shaking to my skull, I would pick that one. <laughs> my favorite line in that song, butt spoon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that was a good line. <laughs> but spoon, food, or whatever the fuck. How do you even manage to exist? Is that name that song? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they've done that like spoken word stuff in the past. So like that is like those two songs. So I guess I should just like recommend songs where it's just Rodney, like you know, just, just ranting. Like, yeah, they, you know, they gave me like institutionalized by suicide. Yeah, you know, that's his. All I wanted was a Pepsi, just one Pepsi. Yeah, so more of that spoken word stuff. Um, all right, so uh, I guess I see after, speaking of rants, after Mitch's rant, I see where this album's going uh, rating-wise, but uh, I want to ask your opinion of this two more songs and we'll be done. Um, Melt Into the Night was a blatant but obvious ripoff slash homage to The Cure. You know, where Yes, he- I got that. I, re- I really did get that. I was wondering if you were going to say that. Yeah, that was a that was a point, but I didn't want you to feel like you know they didn't realize what they were doing because the first lyric on that song is "I created the cure" and he's singing that whole like <laughs> gothy like you know dark new wave vocals. So I'm like, well, as soon as the song, starts, I'm like, that's the double point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a point of the song, but um, the, uh, and this is a little bit longer to talk about, but there's a, there's a song on the album called "God Wrote Come Junkie." And uh, Come Junkie is a song by the Florida industrial band. I want to make sure I said the name right. Gen, Genitor, Genitorturers. Genitorturers is the name of the group. Um, so this version of the song is like a synthy, bluesy, alternative rock tune. And it's weird, but very soothing in almost like a spiritual way. So um, did you have you ever heard the band or the song Come Junkie? No, I had no idea what they were on about. <laughs> I'm the same way, so I, I didn't not, look into it. I, I in my mind, I was like, "That's just, this is probably something I should Google," and then I just never did. Yeah, so I'm sure Jarrell will explain, and I'll let him be. I, thank you for putting all the work on me. And in fact, I I did more work than that because I was like, I don't know this song either. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna listen to that song to see if this is true. And if it is true, if if God did write this song, the Lord definitely blessed us with a banger. Come Junkie is a fucking good song. You gotta listen to it. Oh, we're all right. I'll check it out. So I'm, you know, any song with come in it, I'll check it out. <laughs> any come at all, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> giggity giggity. And um, all right. So the last song, the New York Guide to Art, 
is like familiar territory because that's one of the things they usually make fun of in the past, like art students shit like that. Check out the song I mentioned earlier, um, uh, Instant Club Hit, where they use the, uh, the F word. I guess we have to say F word now because you, really, you were able to say that word back in 87 to, you know, describe art students. I guess. I don't know. You know, it's it's funny. There's actually um this like rare not to loose song. You know, not to loose is really big now. There's a song like from like before even their like first EP pop culture. And if you like it's there's the only way you can listen to it, like someone uploaded it to YouTube and they say the F word in the song, but it's just beeped out. And I've like never heard like a beep sensor in a song, I feel like, before that. And it was just like you're just self-deserving. Beep. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting, like growing, like being my age and growing up on people saying that. And hey, man, I was called it all the time in high school. Like I should, I should have the pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, like, um, I'll I'll tell a story later. But and then, and then watching movies where you know they say it and like, why do I feel uncomfortable where I didn't before? But that's a whole other story. <laughs> Are they talking to me? No. Um, but that song, the the art song, where I, I just like the way he pretentiously says, and she did it all for art. <laughs> it's like, obviously, they're, they're really being, like, blatantly making fun of art students. But um, I think, like I said before, I think, like, if you don't like the two songs I mentioned in the middle, then you're not going to like the band at all. And the fact that you like the second song I mentioned gives me kind of hope that maybe you'll pull this out and have like a good rating for this album but um what do you what do you um what do you want to rate this album then i guess man like i'm listening to this and i'm like there is so much better punk music or just hardcore music i could be listening to right now and that's to be the best hardcore punk band ever they just here man it's just like i like i don't care what their goal is i'm just like man like I want to be listening to anything else. And and like I said, like the whole time I was like, this just sounds to me like some shit that Fred Armisen would write to make fun of punk music. You know, it's just like a parody of itself in my mind. And I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't fuck with joke music. I don't I don't like little funny things in my songs for some reason. Even when I was a kid, just like it's never been a thing for me. You've like always been a guy that would only play goddamn parody music in his car and maybe want to blow my brains out. I've uh, always like I always been a mood killer, you really think. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm here to, to to ruin the night. And this is this is a fucking I mean out of everything after everything I've said about this, man, let's just skip this. I, I couldn't I couldn't blow your mind. I couldn't <laughs> I thought you were going lower. I'm like, I was about to choke you. You cannot possibly be that mad about this album. Like, fine. You know what I mean? It's like entry-level punk, almost. It's like, you know, if a middle schooler came up to me and was like, I just found out about Dead Milkman, I'd be like, you're on a good path, but make sure you uh, grow a little bit from that, you know? <laughs> Let the music grow with you. Okay. Well, I think they should call this album the boring gauntlet and in parentheses but it gets better so i mean that summed up my rating for this um 13 tracks seven i think are good six not so much so that averages to like a a low download this for me i mean i can't go any lower for you mitch i mean i was really 
thoroughly impressed like halfway through and i thought that the the the, the coming figure gee the, the coming figure guns it's like oh, that's so true that's how they feel you know so i thought that was i thought that was like really spot on you know <laughs> observational like you know social commentary they were making with that chorus mm. that's what they that's what and it's a joke they're obviously not coming for them obviously you get it but they're just getting get me all high mad about it <laughs> why am i mad like i don't if you don't like the dead milkman whatever I'm, I'm not like a big fan either they're one of those bands where i think to myself i put them on a high pedestal but listening to this i'm like wait a minute i've only listened to like their hit their like greatest hits album so maybe like if you get to a whole album by them, it's like you're gonna go through like the same thing. Like there's some duds, yeah, yeah. Um, if you just take all the good songs, put on one album, it makes you think that they only could out put out like great music. You know, maybe Fat Mike from from the No Effects is right. Dead Milkman aren't really that good. I remember he said that like, but I'm like he's just being like a facetious asshole. But no, I'm not cheating my rating. You're not talking. <laughs> My rating is where it stands. Low download this. I'm not going any lower. Or else having a crisis right now. <laughs> no, I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> I, I thought you would think they were like at least okay. <laughs> no. I thought at the most you think they were okay, but I, I'm just pretty surprised that you don't think they're okay. <laughs> Why don't you think they're mediocre? I don't understand. <laughs> just ranted about it for like five, ten minutes. <laughs> I, I'm Looking surprised. Back. <laughs> you don't think they're average? What the hell? <laughs> they're the most uh, mid-level band ever. You don't think so? Well, that's mid, uh, all right. I'll say that it's mid. <laughs> okay. Why don't you directly change your rating to like a a high skip? Oh no, mid isn't a good thing. Okay. This is this is the new word, the the new slang. Mid to say it's mid means no. Nah, I don't want to. All right. Well, I guess that ends our show, and um. Sorry, we didn't have our, our guests on, but we will, uh, I guess, have like a new, well, I guess we agree. We're going to let our, our our original person know, and then maybe we'll try to get another co-host on, and I will see if we can get our original co-host, uh, Tyler, back. It's uh, already July. See what's going on with him. Hopefully his uh, sabbatical is almost up. He wakes up from his coma. Yeah, he's been <laughs> asleep all this time. But, you know, that's another tale to mention. Email us. Let's go to our email stuff. Uh, before I do that, thank you, Mitch, for, you know, remembering to do this podcast. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. And you can always get in touch with us by our email at njhabitradio at gmail.com. You can also go to our YouTube channel. I actually do it right now. And make sure you subscribe to our channel to see our our public videos. And we will be putting more out in the, the next coming weeks. Facebook. Shall we switch from Twitter to um to um the other one? Threads. <laughs> we go to no, Thread. That's not going to catch on. Okay. I mean, if you link your Instagram account, and then you can't delete your account unless you delete your Instagram too. It's a stupid website. <laughs> All right, then I guess that in case we'll stick with um, Twitter. I endorse <laughs> from a public perspective, the public um, reviews. Uh, also, Patreon, like I said, patreon.com slash public perspectives on there. You can uh, become patrons, donate what you can to see all our retro reviews. And like I said at the beginning of the show, we actually have a way to donate anytime, anything you want 
at buymeacoffee.com slash public perspectives. Donate what you can. That will help us out a lot. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Until next time, this has been Drell and Mitch saying uh, Dead Milkmen, they are mid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bye-bye.